Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better. And dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. From Autosport.com and Autosport Magazine, I'm Martin Lee, and this is the Autosport Podcast. Well, that was epic, and I'm not just talking about Davide Valsecchi's pit lane interviews. I'm getting my request in early for him to do more of those. He brings the energy from his commentary. Now, it's a sprint race weekend. Five red flags in qualifying. Conditions... Variable, changeable, we'll say. The Emilia-Romagna Grand Prix sprint race was well and truly shaken up. The grid, I should say, uh, shaken up with Max Verstappen on pole for the first time as defending world champion. Charles Leclerc's Ferrari lining up alongside him with his, oh, just the minor matter of a 46-point lead over Verstappen. Even if he is in damage limitation mode this this weekend, uh, Leclerc is in the right place. McLaren should be delighted with Lando Norris in third, even happier will be Huss with Kevin Magnussen in fourth. Joining me on the podcast today is Autosport.com editor Hayden Cobb. Well, that was a bit of a qualifying session, a long one. It really was. I think it's probably going to be the longest session of the entire weekend, which is a bit odd when you think it's a sprint weekend and that was just qualifying. (laughs) But um, yes, it was five red flags across the the sort of three mini segments of of qualifying 
uh, yeah, sort of an hour or forty, roughly, all all told. Uh, yeah, it was it was a it was a long stint for everyone involved. As I saw someone on social media say, quite inconsiderate of or any racing to get in the way of what was basically one long red flag session. Uh, so <laughs> I told you the grid was looking different though. Fernando Alonso alongside Daniel Ricciardo for fifth and sixth. Perez down in seventh. Bottas in eighth, even though he retired the car in Q3. Vettel in ninth, and Carlos Sainz in tenth, even though he never even took part in the session. Uh, the two Mercedes lining up 11th and 13th for Russell and Hamilton, respectively. Uh, where shall we start? Let's talk through the red flags, actually, because this was a session which I've seen people saying afterwards that Max Verstappen lucked in to pole. I disagree, I'll tell you why on that. Right, first red flag, Albon's exploding rear brakes. Any news online, autosport.com, about what's causing that? Because this is starting to become a bit of a Williams pattern. Any any idea how they said afterwards? I've not seen the, 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 the quotes or anything. Have you seen anything to do with what caused that? So they're still doing the formal investigation, but it very much seems, like you said about the pattern, of what they had uh, an identical issue in pre-season testing in Bahrain, which was uh, happened to Latifi at the time. And it sort of strikes incredibly quickly, as in the team don't even really get too much warning of it. The, the, bright, the brake temperatures go through the roof and suddenly it's on fire. And it's the rear, rear brakes in particular, which is the exact same thing that happened to Albon in Q1 of qualifying. He was about three or four corners into a push lap uh, and then would you know it, the, the right rear brake is quite literally on fire and then explodes. It seems to be, if it is the same issue, the sort of caked-in brake drum causing this friction, catching something, and, and generally the temperature within the, the brake drum going sky high, and before they know it, it's, it's, it's in flames. Hmm. It's, it's always very visually uh, eye-catching. It was in Bahrain, and, and even more so uh, this afternoon, because... It literally, as the TV cameras caught it, it literally exploded in sort of a fireball that sent bits of carbon fibre and bits of Williams cars sort of everywhere. And there were some fantastic shots of a bit of sort of piece on fire run over by one of the McLarens. It was, thankfully, nothing else happened after that. But it was, a, yeah, very, very great visual to grab. But yes, uh, that was the first red flag. And it sort of carried on from there in, in various amounts. Oh, I really did. So he, he couldn't set a time. He did three laps in total. Also knocked out in the Alpine, uh, Esteban Ocon. And uh, in the, also in the Williams, Nicholas Latifi. And the two Alpha Tauris. Now, that's going to be a big, big blow to go out in Q1 for Gasly and Sonoda. Because earlier in the season, they've shown real signs of pace. Any clues yet as to where that pace went in Imola? Yeah, strange one. I think they really misjudged the the Q1 timings with these sort of red flags and the rain coming in and out. I mean, they were on track and on the right tyre, i.e. the the dry tyres, so they didn't sort of mess up strategy-wise. Just pace just wasn't there in that particular session. They had an OK one practice session uh, on on the Friday, and of course that's all, all anyone had because of the sprint race format. So, so maybe they just didn't get the tyre in the window and... You know, obviously, with time ticking in Q1, there's there's, there's no second chances. And granted, Sonoda did miss out by 0.004 seconds uh, to Lewis Hamilton being knocked out in Q1, of, of all people. Um, so they were just fractionally off it. But yeah, I mean, those are the fine margins of Formula 1. And that's why they were both out in Q1. 
And then going into into Q2, so Carlos Sainz had set a pretty decent lap. He was two-tenths off of Max Verstappen in the final Q2 timings, but he was on a second flying lap. They asked him to do a second push lap. And when I say that he was, you know, he finished 10th, that's because his time was good enough to get through to Q3. He just couldn't take part in that because uh, he, he binned it. And after the qualifying session, he seemed really frustrated. And, and I've seen some feedback afterwards, maybe Ferrari fans, I don't know, saying, oh, you know, he just can't catch a break. He's so unlucky. Yes, but Australia was his doing, and technically today was his doing. I mean, he got onto the slippery, painted white line, and it spun him round. So, yeah, I don't want to be hard on the guy, but it, it's, that's two mistakes in a row. And I think he's equally frustrated because he said afterwards he, he wasn't even pushing that hard, even though it was a second push lap. He had plenty in reserve, and, and you, know, you hear him on the radio, back to the team, just apologetic and... So yeah, yeah, he went into the weekend signing a new two-year deal with with Ferrari. But look, the more this goes on, the more he's going to be begin to be pegged as the number two driver. How do you, like? How are you feeling about another another ropey weekend? Yeah, to use a bit of terminology from the tennis world, a real unforced error there because, like, like you say, it was his second push lap in Q two, but his first time was already likely to be enough for Q3 it was more of a getting your eye in for, for Q3 which which people like Leclerc and Verstappen were also doing so it wasn't as if he was on his own in this world but like you say just just made a, a, a granted us a, a small mistake but with big consequences and I think that is that is the biggest problem that he's faced in, in these in these errors go back to Australia and you take out the sort of mechanical misfortune of of, of qualifying and, and, and bits and problems that he had there it's small mistakes, but they have big, big ramifications. Now, every driver has these these issues. He's, he, as he said, sort of reflecting on after Australia um, yesterday in the build up to the to the Imola Grand Prix uh, weekend. Um, it's his first sort of major mistake he, uh, for for almost a season and a bit. It, it was he had seventeen points finishes in a row before Australia. So it's not as if um, it's it's a it's it's a characteristic of his driving I think yeah Australia he, he did admit that he got a bit frustrated with it and, and that creates the error and, and maybe he still is a bit frustrated by that and was trying to push and put down a bit of a marker and say right I'm here celebrate the new uh, Ferrari deal which is fantastic news for all parties I, I think and yeah just small mistake big consequence and now he's starting the sprint race in 10th He'll definitely be aware of not to making the same mistake <laughs> twice as he did in Australia yeah. and know that he's got to be smarter with his battles because he's got the car and he's got the pace. To, even with the sprint race, well, to be honest, the sprint race will help him climb up the grid. Um, but yes, I think he's got to use the sprint race as damage limitation, get as high as he can, and then focus on yeah the, the guys that are at the front already and see how much he can he can gain. Third red flag caused by a driver that didn't even retire and this for me was the moment of a very long qualifying session by the way because the crowd gave it a big cheer kevin magnuson uh, dropped it went through the gravel trap but he kept the car going and when you look at the onboard you don't realize quite what he did when you look at the offboard shot so he goes through the gravel and then maybe within about 
two metres, uh, because there's a really nice service road running between... There's the gravel, then there's a, maybe a metre of grass, then maybe two metres of service road, and then there's the wall uh, and the fencing. And so, with about two metres of the gravel, he absolutely... Uh, uh, dumps some throttle into it just to keep the car moving and then hits the brakes just before he hits the wall. So he's just got out of the gravel onto tarmac and grass. Then he manages to reverse it onto the gravel and then do a bit of a three-point turn, go around the service road for a bit and get back on. But his stop caused the red flag. Let me get your opinion on this, please. They were quick to issue the red flag and he hadn't quite finished trying to get out of the the gravel. Look, it's wet conditions. It's a circuit where you don't want to mess around with safety. But were they too quick to 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 throw that red flag because he was still kind of getting out of the incident and 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 could carry on and ended up fourth uh, on the grid. So what's your opinion on on firstly I think it was an amazing bit of skill. Uh, was it intentional? Did he luck into that? And what do you think about the red flag issue? Um, definitely a bit of skill, a bit of luck involved as as well. It's a, an interesting interpretation of the Scandinavian flick that I've ever seen. But <laughs> he is he is a Dane, so I guess he can get away with that. But um, yes, no, incredible car control with a little bit of luck. Let's let's put it in there. But uh, he got it job done. Regarding the safety and the red flag. Um, difficult to, to say I think on the balance of the FIA mm. and race control being consistent it was the correct call because in practice when Bottas had a near identical off right at the end of the session um, in the same place they called it at that time basically under the understanding of it, he probably can't get the car out of the gravel therefore there's no point in hanging around and, and, look, and waiting for another accident to happen. Let's call it now and, and do it. And, and that's obviously what it looked like to, to everyone on the outside when Magson stops uh, just between the gravel and the escape road um, by the barrier. But like you say, he got it going again and it was like, oh, oh. If, if hindsight is useful, but if they'd waited, yeah, say another five, ten seconds, they wouldn't have had to have the red flag, kept out the, the yellows and then allow Magson to rejoin and, and no problem. But um, I think on, on the call of being consistent, that is basically what all the drivers and everyone has been asking for. They had to sort of make that call in the same way that they did it for, for other red flags that we'll talk about in a bit. What do you do when it's... So do you stay with double-waved yellows? Because in that instance, if a driver... You know, we've seen drivers, when they drop it, they get frustrated, uh, they can throw the wheel out, and you know, out comes the, the safety device, and they're hopping out of the car within a, within a few seconds if they're really annoyed with themselves. And if you're doing that under double-waved yellows, in those conditions today, we saw nearly everyone having a moment, and, and lots of people, like we'll talk about Lando in a minute, and we've talked about science already, coming off the track with pretty innocuous accidents and it doesn't take much for a car to come piling in after him it's a pretty short gravel trap and then you're looking at a really nasty accident with a driver getting out of the car so they do have to be consistent i completely agree with it going you know going red in those conditions now in the dry you kind of go i don't i know i don't know is that w waved yellows but even then where it was you're going to get marshals in the gravel trap to move the car so i don't know it's yeah, going to be i think you're right there especially with the conditions like you say there was anyone at any moment could have easily done the exact same thing a few seconds later after Magson. And then you say if there's 
marshals on in the gravel trap if magnus is out of the car or whatever mm. yeah then you're looking at a much more serious accident so yeah right call in the circumstances okay let's talk about another red flag a broken exhaust for valtteri bottas parking up on the downhill uh, to rivatsa and again but with a time good enough for eighth place in on the final grid well the starting grid for tomorrow's sprint race and and again another red flag being consistent it did have to be a red flag didn't it yeah there was no way of getting that car off off the track in a safe manner where he he parked up it it, it sounds like because he had an off moment um not long before he pulled over at uh, turn two and it sounds like a combination of that or just pre-existing sort of damage after going over curbs triggered this this uh, mechanical issue they believe it was a a broken exhaust which mm. which they were fearing basically a, a bigger failure uh, before he could get round to to the to the garages so yeah he had to pull over on the side nowhere to to clear the car out uh, and it was on the side of the track so yeah pretty pretty simple one and 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 to be fair the FIA assessed it fairly quickly and they went yeah there's only one option here so that was the <laughs> the red flag initially a yellow though and it affected Max's lap that would be his pole lap and I'll tell you why I don't think Max was the uh, on the receiving end of of good luck in a moment stick around uh, that's coming next Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year I was only playing for fun so winning this was a dream come true Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience it's serious fun with over 80 casino style games to choose from you too could win life changing amounts of cash be like Mary log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl that's ChumbaCasino.com no purchase necessary void or prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details the voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner Okay, so here is the reason why Max deserves that pole position. It's because, yes, he went through the yellow flags because of Bottas. Yes, he lifted. I mean, I don't know about visually. I don't know if we got a really good off-board shot of that. But certainly the on-boards, it was a big, big lift. Uh, Christian Horner uh, on Sky Sports was very quick to come on and say, yep, no, big lift, big lift. Uh, But he still set his pole time going through a yellow flag sector. But... His sector one was a, such a fast purple sector. He deserved that lap time, and you know, even on the commentary, I think when you see him go through the yellow, uh, you know, the yellow flag sec- uh, sector, um, it, it, even the commentators. I was watching the Sky coverage today, and they're like, "Oh no, poor Max!" And they didn't even consider actually. Once he gets back into the green flags, he's on for a pole lap here. So that's that's why I think this is a deserved pole position for the sprint race tomorrow. Agree or disagree? Hugely, and what was absolutely key on that was it was a single yellow rather than a double waved yellow. And the reason that's key is, is simply the definition of the rules is a double waved yellow, you have to basically be prepared to stop or change direction very quickly, therefore, you have to basically abandon the lap. He wouldn't have been able to, to keep that lap, but because it was a single waved yellow, there was a bit more lenience. He did, as you say, lift off. He, uh, I believe, he even changed down a gear, there, were, there was a clear lift off as well. But like you say, the the rest of the lap was so so good that he had the time in in his pocket, and so yeah, basically as soon as he got back into the the green sector after passing the car, 
um, he was able to complete the lap, and it, to be fair to him, it was a very, very good lap in the circumstances. And that's the key, right? In the circumstances, because the conditions were so changeable, all the drivers on the complete edge of their skill. I'm trying to think back. I think the far, I think his fastest lap today was in Q2. It was, it was to get the fast lap in Q2, and it was a, it was a one eighteen seven nine three. His pole lap was a one twenty seven. Uh, 0.999. We'll call it 128. We're all friends here. So, so you know, it, it was such a slow pole lap, but still he did enough compared to all his rivals in Q3. That's why he deserves to be to be on pole. Um, Charles Leclerc in second place. Uh, solid qualifying. Um, and, and again, what with all the troubles of his teammate taking up, I guess, a lot of the headlines, I think Charles Leclerc went about his business um, solidly today, ended up uh, almost eight tenths behind Max in Q3, but really changeable conditions. They couldn't get in a a uh, in a, a final set of runs because the final red flag caused by Lando Norris. Now at the time, Max Verstappen, Charles Leclerc, Lando Norris were uh, was the top three order. The Bottas Bottas red flag ended. They all came out of the pits, kind of jockeying for position as well. Nothing really changed, though. And then Lando drops it in a very, oh, I, I, I don't know, we'll call it Leclerc Monaco 21. What did he come out of swimming pool, didn't he? And did just enough. Just, just <laughs> enough. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. Don't send complaints. I, I was going to say, they're going to be coming for you. <laughs> the, the trouble is, with, a, with an audio podcast, you can't see the smile on my face. So, I'm, no, I'm just being cheeky. I'm being cheeky. I'm being naughty. Clearly, uh, Lando didn't. Uh, oh, no, guys. Oh, I'm in the gravel. I have to finish third. <laughs> Clearly, that didn't happen. Because, actually, because, um, I want to talk about McLarens. In any of the conditions... Now, OK, so the, it's been a slower... It's been a slower Imola, because it's been changeable and again once you start running on inters and wets it changes ride heights and we know that mclaren don't have you know the pace to be third genuinely on pace but they have looked quicker today and well they've 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 excelled in the conditions they had both norris and ricardo actually but lando saying afterwards look we only had 50 percent battery for our first runs and so actually that that final run they were doing all, all had enough time for one final flying lap after the final, uh, the, the fourth Bottas uh, red flag. Lando saying, look, with 100% battery available, we think we had a shot at the front row in these conditions, obviously with the lap times being 10 seconds off ultimate pace. But still, look, for McLaren, right, this is going to be a fantastic Friday night. I keep thinking it's Saturday. A fantastic <laughs> Friday night going into the sprint race tomorrow. They've got a really good chance of picking up some sprint points. Oh, definitely, yes. Those starting positions would have been a dream coming into this weekend for McLaren. <laughs> and that's no sort of um, knock on them and their efforts. But um, like you say, they, they really nailed it in these, in these conditions. I think they are, so both the track and the conditions are playing to their, to their favour, granted. Um, the team have basically admitted that as well. And the forecast going for the rest of the weekend doesn't look like it will stay that way for too much longer. So they, they've got a fight on their hands. But yeah... I, it's interesting Norris's comment saying I thought a front row was possible. I think if he if he looks at the Leclerc lap time in isolation, he was yeah about three or four tenths off off that. Potentially he could have got it because he believes there was yeah like you say if he had 100% battery for that one lap push, he would have had three or four tenths instantly just through the extra power. Oh, and, and just to explain, yeah, he had 50% uh, battery because he was doing two lap two push laps in a row, so therefore mm. was was sharing the battery out before recharging it. 
So just over that one lap, he, yeah, he had a shot at it. But that's under the assumption that Leclerc wasn't going to improve himself as well. And because Leclerc couldn't improve because of the red flag created by Norris. So <laughs> there's if, buts and maybes. But I think, it, as he said himself, he's, they, the team have still got to be delighted with, with third. They can do a lot from there. And indeed, Ricardo in sixth. Um, he's He's got a... An interesting uh, grid slot alongside Alonso. That's not going to be not going to make it easy for him. But um, mm. it's got they've got potential. So yes, fair play to to McLaren on on their performance in qualifying. Yeah, look if you look at it's going to be dry tomorrow. We think, and if you look at the the way the grid is shaped up for sprint race, Lando followed by Kevin Magnussen, Alonso, Ricardo, Perez, Bottas, Vettel. I mean, there's no one in that. Let's not call it the Lando train. Hey, let's not be disrespectful. But there's no one behind who you think, oh yeah, immediately he's going to get past straight away. There's not, a, you know, not a car there. Perez has got the car to do it. He's got a fair shot at a podium. Definitely in the in the sprint. Yeah, I, I would say that. I think over the full sprint plus Grand Prix, I fully expect people like yeah Perez and probably Signs if they keep their their races clean to to be in with a shot of them uh, if they make good progress. Like you say, like I think if if Perez makes the super start in the sprint. There's, there's no reason he can't be right on the, mm. on the tail of that, but we'll, we'll, we'll see what comes. But there is a ch- there's still a good chance. I, I think the podiums, if it is dry and the weather the conditions sort of go away from McLaren, I still think uh, a podium come Sunday afternoon is a bit of a long shot. But I'm more than happy to, to eat my words if that is <laughs> if that is the case. Yeah, yeah, I was talking about I was talking sprint. Um, but hey, uh, you've played our favourite game or my new favourite game for 2022 is who would have thought dot dot dot. Um, and so who would have thought in 2022 uh, we would be talking about Kevin Magnussen qualifying fourth. In a house, uh, just uh, you know, just a, he is having such an amazing start to the season. And yes, today was conditions dependent. And again, there's a team who don't finish, you know, fourth on pure pace in perfect conditions. Uh, but and again, you had that big cheer from the crowd when he got himself out of the gravel. It's just such a feel-good story for this year, isn't it? Having Kevin back driving for Haas and doing really well. It really is, and it's a story that yeah keeps giving because you, you you're spot on. Can you imagine of saying that at the start of the season, start of pre season, and obviously yep. with everything that's gone on there. Um, but yeah, that I mean, the fourth place granted is probably higher than than they would have expected. But that car is quick. It it would have been Q three anyway, mm. and I would yeah I would put it sort of top eight on and with Magson at the wheel again. That's just a, a wonderful story in itself. But he he's a quick driver. No one disputed that. And he's proving with a with a decent Haas. Granted, there's a few questions about its uh, its similarities, let's call it, to to the Ferrari. Mm. But at the moment, um, completely legitimate and completely within the rules. Um, into the point that Steiner was welcoming the FIA doing checks. They they visited the Haas Maranello hub, as they've dubbed it, mm. uh, on Wednesday before Emila. Uh, and Steiner said, yeah, they're, they're absolutely fine with doing that. They can come every day if they want. <laughs> so uh, they're, they're happy with how everything's going. And yeah, at the moment, I think that, that car and that package, particularly with Magnussen at the wheel, is incredibly quick. And I, and I fully expect these sorts of results to to carry on when, when the opportunity's there. And that's uh, the she- thing, isn't it? Because if you can't forget about Australia, where he finished behind Mick and the two houses were well out of the, you know, out of the point. So it is dependent on the right weekend still. Definitely, and, and and in the same way that like Schumacher lost out because of the um, 
the red flag in Q2 mm. and then it started raining so they couldn't improve in their times much the same way as everyone in the, in the drop zone there missed out so arguably Mick Schumacher starts in, in 12th for the sprint race but he could have easily been up in Q3 as well so yeah it, like you say it's those fortunate positions sometimes but they are a team this year at least and, and previous years before their sort of drought that have proven they can take opportunities when they're when they're there which is I think is their key strength basically and 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 if they get those opportunities they're going to keep scoring points let's do a couple of minutes on the rest of the top 10 and a couple of minutes on Mercedes because there is a bit of news to talk about there uh, so the rest of the top 10 Fernando Alonso Alpine are bringing some new updates to Imola not all the teams are but I think uh, the Alpine is a floor and a rear beam wing. Uh, correct me if I am that's, wrong. That's right. Alonso was running the floor modifications in practice and Ocon was running the, the previous spec. Right. Uh, we get to hear the, the full digesting of, of what hmm. success failures. But I guess if you purely took it on paper, Alonso being where he is in qualifying, it means that the car's probably where they want it to be. So it's very good. But yes, um, solid, solid from Alonso. Uh, Ocon had a gearbox issue in Q1, which meant he couldn't come out for the last runs, hence why he missed out in in that session. Um, but yeah, Alonso, without the technical issues, um, put it in a very respectable fifth place. And, you know, Daniel Ricciardo coming off a uh, off a sixth at home in his Australian uh, home race, uh, again, should be really happy with putting it on uh, on the grid for sixth for the sprint race uh, tomorrow. If I haven't mentioned 21 laps, any of our listeners that uh, are like, what's the sprint race in, in 2022? 21 laps tomorrow, um, which we're looking forward to. Sergio Perez in seventh. Valtteri Bottas will be so delighted with eighth in the Alfa Romeo. Vettel, arguably should be the happiest person in the top 10 because the Aston Martin is proving to be dog slow. And again, changeable conditions when they haven't got a run on pure pace. And and you know, we talk a lot about the bouncing uh, of the Ferraris who seem to have it not under control in terms of, of how much bouncing is going on. But when they get into the braking zone, mechanically, whatever Ferrari are doing mechanically, and if I could answer that, you know, I wouldn't be hosting a podcast. I'd be running Ferrari's technical department. But whatever, whatever Ferrari are doing mechanically with this 2022 different suspension setup, they seem to have. A, they can transition from, you know, often Vmax into the braking zone better than say Mercedes can. But arguably Aston Martin as well have no business being in the top ten at the minute. So Vettel um, should be should be really happy. Uh, just tell our listeners a little bit about what we've been putting on Autosport.com this week about. People already asking Sebastian about contract situations. Yeah, so it's it's contract time for for Sebastian. Obviously, given his 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 age ultimately and and where he wants to be in his life, it's a bit of a crossroads moment. And he's ultimately putting it down to it's always been about this Aston Martin project and leading them to the front. And he's always seen it as something that he relished in this sort of part of his his Formula One career. But ultimately, time isn't really on his side particularly. And he, he feels so if there's not sufficient progress this year, given the resources and, and everything that's going behind the team you know, and behind the scenes, um, it might not be the right call for him to, to, to continue with it. But um, yeah, there's a long way to go. Like you say, days like this could, could swing back the positive momentum. The car still, we'll be honest, yeah, like you say, wasn't Q3 guaranteed and... I, I, like you say, with conditions that are getting drier, I think it's going to be a tough ask for, for Seb to stay in the top 10 for the rest of the weekend. But you never know. And developments could come and that, and that car could get turned around in the same way that basically any, any car on the grid mm. could, still, could still turn it around. But we'll, 
we'll see. Oh, it, the, the decision will come over the coming months, and he's got a lot of races to get through to sort of judge it, but also judge it within himself. Is is this the challenge that he he still wants? Is he still hungry for it? That he's obviously got a lot of more interests in the wider world. So yes, it's to be seen. But um, I think we all, I think all Formula One fans hope. Sebastian Vettel hangs around at least for a, a few more seasons. He's a good person to have in the paddock. He's obviously a very important member of of the Formula One drivers group as well mm. as, a, as the uh, director and the Grand Prix Drivers Association, uh, and obviously one of the, the senior heads um, alongside sort of people like Alonso and, and Hamilton. But yeah, we'll, we'll sort of see as as the time goes um, what what he fancies doing because. Unless a um, super slot opens up and it's only for him at one of the the teams at the front of the grid, which looks unlikely, let's be honest, um, he hasn't really got many options that will probably be better. So it's not as if he'd look elsewhere. So it's Aston Martin or or all that. Yes, or bust, bust really in a, in a polite way. I do mean that in a in a genuinely sort of nice. No, way, no, no. But, we'll no, but it's, tr- it goes. it's true of any elite sports person. It's you know, do you do you do a Rosberg and quit while you're ahead or it has the reason that you've been so successful in your career, that mental strength that you are so good, lead you to do, you know, a, a, a Raikkonen, although I don't know Raikkonen's, you know, motivation for staying in, in Formula One, but but just apart from just being Kimmy, but, you know, to be a Vettel or an Alonso in machinery that is not going to put you on the top step of the podium, it is kind of heartbreaking as a fan um, of those amazing drivers to see them not have the machinery to do what you know they're capable of and when when do they call it a day and when do you just keep driving in in cars that you know are not going to do your career a, a, a service but that's a whole different podcast right final couple of minutes um russell and hamilton out in q2 as you've mentioned rain arriving inopportune toto wolf though saying the bouncing was so bad even in uh, when the conditions were more dry it even broke one of these floor stays uh, and that's not easy to do Although Toto's saying, actually, it's tyre warm-up, which is the main source of their tyre time deficit to the front. FP1, I, I've, I've not got my notes in front of me, but it was like five, was it five seconds off the pace in FP1? Yeah, it just, re- uh, really they, not good. Like the sec- it, it wasn't hooked up in that session. Both cars out in Q2, their worst, worst qualifying in 10 years since 2012. Um, afterwards, what kind of coverage are we running from what George and Hamilton are saying? I've just read a couple of bits on autosport.com where Hamilton seems more dejected than I've read the quotes, but I've not seen how he said that, but just the words. He just seems, Yeah, his, his oh. reaction in general, comments, feedback and body language and the way sort of he was acting post quali was a very dejected very frustrated driver and i mean it's to be expected really uh, he he doesn't want to be qualifying in, in in 13th place and and down the grid again he knows the situation that mercedes are currently in uh with their car and and their general sort of performance at the moment but i think he yeah he's showing starting to show the frustrations now of they're trying to do everything they can but at the moment they're just the the fixes are not there, and like you say, it's it's definitely a sort of a a, a vicious circle in terms of if the, if they don't have the downforce on on the car because of the porpoising, then they have issues with tire warm up and tire sort of control, and therefore they need more downforce, but they need to lower the car, but they've got porpoising and that damages the, literally is ripping the car to to pieces as we heard with yeah Russell losing one of the. the uh, floor stays, which is like you say, very. There's a lot of force going through there, so they. It still feels like the car has huge potential, but these issues that sort of 
circle around each other and just there's this very much a spiral feeling that they need to fix that stop that cycle and then there could be to see the true potential of it there's no guarantee that that car will be able to match what Red Bull and Ferrari are capable of doing but there's definitely more to come from it and I think that's where Hamilton's getting this frustration he's like right we have something here but we know that this championship's not going to be in our hands at all if we don't fix it within the next three, four races. And that's even with 20 races to go. They they know the score. So, yeah, it's going to be a big ask. But uh, the next two, three races are going to, be, going to be key to that. All the talk is of massive unlocked potential, but... <laughs> that's no use to them at the minute exactly right? yeah, it's like yeah. hey the, 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 all the numbers say that in theory we've got a really fast car here well that's that's nice for you uh, totally understand his uh, dejection I'll cheer up some Lewis Hamilton fans today to, by reminding them that as of now uh, he is three points ahead of Max Verstappen in the Drivers Championships uh, <laughs> I know that's, it means, yeah, it's I know it means nothing. George Russell <laughs> is, is still second place in the George Russell Drivers second, standings right yeah <laughs> So that's it. They have a relatively reliable car. Um, but yes, I, I see it's, 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 it's an intriguing one. And you, you do wonder this is going to be the true test of... You've seen years of dominance of Mercedes and they fought off various fights. Okay, they lost to Verstappen in the driver's fight uh, last year under some very difficult and controversial circumstances. But this is by far an, uh, their, their toughest challenge since since they came to Formula One as, as Mercedes Grand Prix. So, Absolutely. Yeah, it will, will be fascinating to see how they how they do over the next, I would say, yeah, Imola, Miami after that, and then Barcelona, which is sort of like a testbed track. Mm. Like, if they're still struggling after those three, it's going to be painful. Mm, it really will be. Thank you, sir. Hayden Cobb is editor of autosport.com. Uh, I don't write articles for the website, so I don't mind saying they are the best in the business. You should go and read all the things these guys and girls write. It's, uh, it's Far too ama- kind. It, it's amazing stuff. I just hear, I'm here to talk and make podcasts uh, for uh, uh, of all sorts of shapes and sizes. But, um, yeah, I absolutely love uh, what you guys have done today and on Autosport Plus as well. Check out that and we will see you again tomorrow after the sprint race well I won't uh, because we'll be doing our usual Saturday podcast uh, with the guys at the circuit so this week it would be Luke and Matt Q uh, who may well be coming from their hire car because I think uh, we've put them in a hotel oh, about an hour away from the circuit I think so they have, they have time <laughs> to kill uh, and do some recording I'm sure looking forward to hearing that in the meantime thanks for listening we'll see you soon Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. If your plans this year include your big day, create your look with Indochino. 
Suits start at just $4.49. Go to Indochino.com and use code NEWCHAPTER for 10% off $3.99 or more. That's I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O.com, code NEWCHAPTER. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.